You're listening to World Building for Masochists. And we're wondering why we do this to ourselves. Because we all want to step through the portal and see where we go. I'm Marshall Ryan Moresca. I'm Cass Morris. I'm Rowena Miller. And this is episode 84, Make or Break World Building Deep Dive, the MNG. even as an adult, I am someone who would have to be physically restrained from hurtling myself through any portal that I saw. This is true. Oh, yeah. That little installation art thing in the Austin airport, I was like, I want to touch it. I want to... <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean it's fake? That's ma- that's mean. Why would you put that there? Gate <laughs> infinity? Yes, it was so cool. It is, it is pretty cool. And you can go to cool places, theoretically. Every, every airport needs a gate infinity, but it needs to actually work. Darn it. <laughs> Yeah, then why would you real. be at the airport, though? I mean, you still have Does it to. Have you know, to be at the airport. Do yes, we have to because go through security. Even... Do we have to park? These are yes. excellent questions, Rowena. Because <laughs> even if you're going to Narnia or Discworld or such, they want to make sure you're not bringing like bottles of liquid. Or... Yes, you have to take your shoes off to go to Narnia. That's just how, I mean, it, how it is. With most worlds, I'd be way more concerned about what comes back in. That's like, true. Yeah, the, the the customs on the way back in, it's rough. It is really rough. Which is probably why so many of these cultures appreciate the MNG. Because, do you have anything to declare? No. Because you came through naked. <laughs> Come on, I gave y'all a segue. I, you know, I, was, I didn't check before we started. Do we have any announcements? Do we have any things that we need to, like... I mean, we I do actually have an announcement. we just edit that out later? <laughs> Wait, do we? I mean, we have an announcement that we're going to be at Worldcon, even if they're, you know... We oh, yeah. All three we of do. us are going to be there. <laughs> That's right. This will air just before. Right? Just before World Gun, we'll all be there. We each will have a schedule. Whether or not any of that schedule overlaps with each other, or, you, know, you can find all three of us, at least, at the bar or equivalent, at least a good chunk of the time. At least me. I, don't, <laughs> I can't speak for the... I for, mean, for, the- I, the other good place to find me is going to be with the dinosaurs. Yes, as I, so. th- I think Cass and I are organizing a field museum outing is going to happen. So I've already looked it up on Google Maps. It's a long walk to get there, but it's it looks do- like a really pretty one. It's very doable. I've yeah, I've like done through it, all the parks. I've done it many times. Actually. So if the weather's nice, yeah. we should just walk. Daedra would probably want to go with you on that one. So yes, love it. Absolutely love it. So yes, that's a place where we can probably be found at some point during the weekend. <laughs> Gawping at dinosaurs. Yes. And possibly mummies. They have mummies too? Yeah, they have mummies too. <gasps> I'm so excited. I love history museums. And very large gemstones. They have a Those whole like cool. wing of gemstones and stuff. I don't remember everything that's there, but Oh, and they have the um the 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 man eating lions. From... Like still alive? Can we feed no, people to them? No, oh. they're taxidermied. But you can oh. say hello to them and congratulate them on I will. I will because I kinda do a little oh. bit. Like, good job, guys. Yeah. Why Why is the man eating a lion, though? The, what? It's a man eating lions. Why is he eating lions? It's, it's just... <laughs> it's an old carny joke. Because <laughs> <laughs> wow. there would be the sign... To, there's the sign that says, This way to the man eating chicken. And you go through, and there's just a guy sitting there eating fried chicken. I don't have <laughs> this friend yellow, but that was going to be a yellow flag. 
It's going to wait. His friends is why punctuation is important. Man hyphen eating. Lions. Well, anyway. Yeah, so we will be there at Worldcon. We will be there at Worldcon. We are there. Hopefully, if you are there and want to see us, we are there to be seen one way or another. Come see us. Come say hello. Come say you love the show. Come say how cute we are. People came and did that at ArmadilloCon, and it was very cool, and we we loved it very much. Yes, really enjoyed meeting listeners and, and chatting, world building, nerdery. So yeah, this is not just a persona. We're like this in real life. So 24-7. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Even more because we're unfiltered and unedited. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think the time has come after many episodes of referencing the MNG and batting about ideas in the MNG to actually nail down some of our questions about the MNG. So... Just in case this is someone's first episode with us, and if it is, in some ways, we're sorry. Yeah, but also <laughs> an introduction. Congratulations in to to our madness. What is the MNG, friends? So the MNG is an idea gifted to us by the great Kate Elliott way back when we did our transportation episode, where the concept is that the world is populated with these magical gates that take you from one place to another, but they will only take your living body. So when you go through and come out the other side, you are naked as the day you were born. You just, you know, nothing, carrying nothing, bringing nothing, and and that's that's how you arrive on the other side. And we came to realize in adding this to the world that we've been building live on air all this time that it really is a world defining trait that you like you can't this is not a world building element you can drop in that doesn't have massive repercussions on how everything else in the world works yeah there's just so many implications and it's been really fun opening those up and discovering more and more of them over the last what like 40 episodes, I think, ago? Something Master like that. 40 odd yeah. episodes. <laughs> I think that episode was 40 something. It's been so much fun finding all of those things and being like, oh, wait, that too. In a way, I'm I'm going to be a little sad to nail down some things about the MNG because as as we discussed at some writing workshops back at ArmadilloCon, you know, anytime you make a choice, you're going to gain something, you're going to lose something. And so as we make choices about the MNG, the magical nude gate, by the way, it's what it actually stands for. It's going to close off some choices, but it's going to open up others. And and so I'm a little sad, but I'm a lot excited <laughs> to actually, like, have this thing a little more concrete, because then we can really start hanging plot hooks and stories off of it. We can use it, even if we can't actually use it, which would be really fun to actually use it. But we can <laughs> use it in a world-building and story-making sense. Um, and one thing we even talked about a little bit, actually at Armadillo Con as well, was just the fact that you have ideas for a world that become tentpoles that are defining in in really, you know, far-reaching ways. And that this is definitely one of them that it's not that we've had many random pieces of trivia um, that are all delightful and we love all of them from our guests so we don't want our guests to think we're playing favorites but this was one that it cannot be a throwaway idea it can't be something that pops up as just an interesting bit of of trivia that you can then just have it in the world and put it on a shelf and ignore it because it's going to touch everything 
especially if as one of the big ideas that we need to nail down but i think we've we definitely agreed that it is a worldwide spreading thing like there are there are gates in every part of the world and they you can get from broadly speaking everywhere to everywhere else one way or another by using the gates there might be some places that are harder to get to or you gotta you gotta get to the closest gate and then walk from there some airports you know are still a good 50 miles from where you want to get but still roughly speaking they are a worldwide thing that takes you just about everywhere and thus touches just about every culture within the world as well and so therefore that yes. factor is is a huge factor in how the world works because even if you can't get there from here you're still getting somewhere and they've been somewhere and it's right. just it's affecting everything from politics to culture to religion to um how people think about distance i imagine it's going to kind of screw with how you think about distance even a, a brief caveat here um, that I compiled questions from previous conversations that we have had, and we may have partially answered some of these or batted around ideas, but these were all things that I felt like we never officially nailed it down, made a yes or no definitive statement. So to our listeners, you may recall some of these conversations happening before. And if you're in our Discord, some of these have definitely happened in our Discord. So... We are taking inspiration from some of those conversations, by the way. So thank you for all of your brilliant ideas that you have thrown out and asked questions about in there. So shall we begin yes, to I think we shall. unravel yes. the mystery of the MNG? Let's do it. So I think that one of the biggest questions that has, has resulted in, I think, the most debate about the MNG is what counts as part of a person to come through the MNG? Because the origin of this idea, right, was that you couldn't just bring a bunch of crap with you. You could not use this as an engine of trade beyond perhaps negotiations. You couldn't use it as an engine of war because you can't take stuff with you. So it's just the person themselves. Unless you're ready through. for a naked fight. But other than yeah, that. And it's, just, and it's like just one of you at a time. So it's going to be, even for troop landing, it's not the most fantastic. It's, it's inconvenient at that. <laughs> yes. So, but then this, this delved into this question of, well, what does that mean? What is part of a person? I think that conversation has, has, if I can summarize adequately, ranged from the very, like, esoteric, if it feels like part of your identity, it can come through with you, to the strictly biological, if it is not attached physically in a biological way to your person, it's not coming. So, what we have to make a rule. This is like making a rule for our magic. How's it, how's it gonna, what are we gonna do? So I, I definitely lean on the like esoteric side and I have a purely frivolous reason for doing so, which is that, you know, if we go strictly to like biology only, things like hair are not still technically alive and I just really like hair. And I, <laughs> I, I would not want everyone, it would be a totally valid choice that anyone who travels these ends up bald. I just don't like I, that. So yeah, that would be my no, I'm with you. I, I, I wouldn't want that either. The one thing I might suggest is that your hair is still attached via a biological method, right? Like there is a root to your true. hair There's... that is embedded in your scalp and it can't just like... And that's still it's... living. 
the root and it's is still living. living. And same thing with like, like yeah. fingernails. And I would even say right. things like tattoos. The ink has become yeah. part of your part of you. Your subdermal area. It's become part of you. Um, anything like that has been body modification that has like had scar tissue heal around it would still be. You could have a rule that that included that. Yeah, I think so. I mean, certainly, like I, I, as amusing as the idea of them everyone emerging hairless and and fully exfoliated <laughs> is, like I can see I, it working. But, I still personally love it. I, I and, think, and, if, and if we can, if we can deep dive that for, because I don't think we want to go with that. But I like the fact that there are implications here that you could flush out, right? That either if hair is in fact, as it often is in our culture, a, you know, important thing people want, that's a high cost to going through the MNG. You don't want to lose your hair. (laughs) Or, or having been a wide traveler and being bald is in fact something that is regarded with respect and prestige. It's like a status marker. Or, and then you have people shaving their heads to try to they're faking it. Yeah. (laughs) You know, or or there's just a thriving wig trade. I don't know, but I mean, you, you could you could play with that. I don't think we want to. You could, yeah. But, I, but you I am could. for. You definitely could. There and there's valid <laughs> reasons to go that way. But I do think I am with Cass, and I think like hair and fingernails are just intrinsic enough that I think however it works, it counts. And like I I I feel like it's I feel like on some level it's kind of got to be the you know, sort of like the the Supreme Court decision on porn love. You know, like I I can't define it, but I know it when I see it. <laughs> There's been talk about it's like, well, it's about like how you feel about your body, and then can you like, can you can you like sort of hack that cheat code somehow of like like this is my emotional support dagger, and therefore <laughs> therefore it's it's a part of me in an important way. Like no. No, oh, I mean, God, I love watching someone make that argument, though. That'd be hilarious. I'm, but and of course, I mean, every any one of us who has played who's played D anD D knows that somebody <laughs> would try and pull that shit. Well, and and yeah. I think, was, I, think that the, I mean, the difference there is the MNG is not a rational creature that can be argued right. with. You can't. So, <laughs> so the rule stands. Whatever the rule is. Gods, yeah. plus, you know, like, I just thought of something else, which is that with the MNG, we could have that glorious trope scene that I love so much, where someone has to disarm before going through and they have to take <laughs> off, like, 20 different weapons yes. that they've pulled from God knows where. Like, I just, mwah, I love it every time I see it. It's, never get tired it's of a beautiful, I, I love it. I love it so. It is a beautiful trope. Um, so I wonder if, like, to make a rule out of it, maybe it's that, that, that like, things that, that can be easily removed from you. Even if you're emotionally attached to them, if it can be removed, like without implements. If, if a guard searching you can you. take it, if a yeah. guard searching you can take it, a, a guard searching you very thoroughly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> puts on the gloves. Was, if it can, we will not have any drug mules going through the MNG. <laughs> no, if it can be removed, not without for that. Implements. That actually, I think, is is a valid question. Like, if you. If there were drug mules who like did the whole condom swallowing filled with filled with cocaine or something, is that so sufficiently inside them? I would say it is still. I mean, because the whole point of doing that, if I understand it correctly, which 
fair enough, I might not, is it's you're encasing it so that your body doesn't actually react with it in any way. So you're I would say right. your, your body has not actually reacted with it. Well, yeah. So I would say I would say it gets it gets But like can can the same way. Can you can you pull a cheat? Can you smuggle something by swallowing it and then extracting it later? I mean, I would, I would say swallowing no. I I would say I would I would suggest that if you stitch something into your body sufficiently that like biologically like like scar tissues forming and you've got you know like you can't just and you didn't get sepsis at the time you didn't get sepsis and die (laughs) that yes that would go through with you because it's like integrated into your body but then that means like that's that's a high cost choice that's a lot of planning that's a lot of cost and you have to then remove it when you get there so you know what I'm I'm willing to let that hack stand, and if someone really really wants to use it, that could be a story. That could be a story. But say, if you swallowed a bunch of diamonds, don't recommend. Does it work or doesn't? Or did the person? I, I mean, think no. People- I think okay. I think, no. I think anything that's just going to pass through your system, it doesn't work for. So diamonds, coins, corn, all of these Nothing. things. <laughs> <laughs> Won't work in the MNG. Certainly, nothing, nothing non-biological. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. Though then, I mean, like if your gets... if your body is in the process of like actually absorbing it, because like food, like I don't think it empties your stomach, for instance. Well, yeah. I mean, there's a good is... question. Do you do you pop the other side, starving? Because, really hungry? Yeah. Like yeah, like, I... damn, I could eat now. <laughs> I mean, uh, anyway, I think I would pop to the other side feeling like that. But I mean, no, because I think Cass is right. Your body's in the process of breaking it down. It's actually like integrating into your body at that point. So again, corn, maybe not. Maybe that does just like pop out because it's nothing's happening. But anything that is gone going through the digestive process and being broken down and... I mean, if it's what your body's not... I mean, is it is it like a really good enema? Or is it like, you know... <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, Cass. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Cass. I mean, is it no like, one, you know, lose perhaps, lose weight with this perhaps, one weird trick? Perhaps no one knows. <laughs> I mean, there is... I mean, how the, would you... T- I mean, yeah. I guess, yeah, if you're real... There is the question, there is the question, how sciencey have the residents of the world gotten in terms of like, in terms of testing these things, like they know they go through, and once you go through, it's like, could you eat? I could eat, yeah. But like beyond you that, weigh yourself <laughs> on either side of the right, like of the divide. I, this sort of this is going to touch on a bunch of the things that we're thinking about. But I like the idea that we're still going to have to make a bunch of choices, but that the people of our world in the quote unquote present age that we've sort of defined are still figuring it out. I sort of really like the idea that they're in an age of testing and exploration and and trying to make it grow and sort of seeing how it all works. I sort of like the idea that they are in the process of getting more more technical about it, but they're not fully there yet. Like they don't always have all the answers yet. So sort of like starting a quasi age of enlightenment and part of that is the is like dudes in coffee shops getting super philosophical and trying to trying to figure it out (laughs) trying to get you know the the local university to fund them on a a worldwide mapping tour or something i need you to fund buying some diamonds so i can swallow (laughs) them and see if on the other side i can get a picture the grant committee going "Uh (laughs) uh-huh yeah 
Yeah. But that brings another question. Like, if you try to go through the gate with something, does it get poofed out of existence? Does it just remain behind? Does it, like, fall to the ground as you went through? Like, what actually happens to things as you go through? So I like the idea of it It unravels its existence because then there's a cost to Ooh. trying tomfoolery. Like, you try to take something through yeah. that you shouldn't, it's gone. It's just gone. I like that. I do, too. It evaporates into into the no place, into, yes. into nothingness. Now, now, one wacky idea, since we said we have, like, two moons and, like, one sort of, like, broken something mm-hmm. in the air like is that where all like the junk of the breakdown <laughs> ends up in this other moon i don't know moon? but i bet people theorize about it i bet i bet that i bet there's i bet there's a whole religion based on this idea and someday a few hundred years from now the space race will be about getting there and retrieving <laughs> all the diamonds that retrieving people trust. All the <laughs> do you have any idea how much how much cool stuff is must be there? So here's a related question. Um, now that we have determined what what counts for taking through with you, because we shouldn't assume we have been saying uh, living living creatures, a living like a living person. Then we also said animals can go through. Do we mean anything alive, or are we just talking about like actual animals? Like, can plants go through? Certainly, certainly anything animal can go through i think yeah plants this is oh this is hard because like i'm not sure i want to include plants just because i think it messes with some of like the trade things we've established but i do want to include bacteria and viruses (laughs) not least because well i mean i guess that could be part of the it's integrated with your human form part well and yeah and i mean they are kind kind of kind of different from plants I mean, the plant would have to be like a, a active, like like a potted plant. Like you couldn't, you it absolutely would not work to take like cut flowers through, right? Because they're right, pretty much deadsies. Yeah, or like a seed. But yeah, could you take a potted fern? <laughs> could you take a <laughs> ficus? <laughs> <laughs> Though, would like all the dirt vanish around it, and then it's like you got you got to yeah. get this in the ground pronto, real fast. You... Yeah. Now, but I do like that, like. One of the things we have to come down to is how do these exist? Is it natural or is it like is it something that sort of comes from the trees or the mushrooms or something? But I I could work with yes I said the mushrooms, <laughs> but I could work with the idea that like if somehow it is somewhat plant based that then maybe like it doesn't work on plants because it is plants or something I don't know. Yeah, I could rationalize that. Though, if it's then something plant-based, then that makes me feel like you could, like, destroy a gate by, like, cutting down the, the right Not tree. Not watering or, it. I, yeah. Or something, and I don't like that. I, I but Yeah. Plus, I, I would angle away from that, for, if for no other reason, than um, in the current run of the X-Men, that's how the Krakoa gates work, is they oh, are plant-based. Right. That's why I'd be like, eh, that's that's too close to somebody else's IP. Too close to somebody else's thing. I, I admit, I, I have a... a pet hypothesis of that weird extra satellite thing has something to do with how the gates work some okay extra like magnetism or gravity or some physics that i don't fully understand but i thought that would be a way to tie in something that we brought in in like episode two and haven't really done a whole lot i haven't really played with it's a cool idea but it would let us play with that the the early episodes also talked about magical radiation being the like source of magic 
in this world, which I haven't talked about that much because it sort of fell off by the time I was I, I joined the show. But I, I was remembering it now as I, I've been actually compiling notes for us. We're actually going to have a full document very soon, readers. I'm, I'm close. I'm there. But it could be both. It could be related to the satellite thing. Mm-hmm. Causes the radiation, or or coaxes it out, or directs its channels and flow, or something. I'm also not very good at physics. But I'm just thinking, like, I mean, you know, tides and flows, and I mean, it all goes together, right? It sounds good. So and sounds reasonable. Magnets, how do they work? <laughs> but I do like the idea that it essentially just works on animal life, and plants just don't count for whatever reason. I mean, like that can be a just, rule. Uh, we don't have to have a, that can a be rationale a rule. beyond. That's just the rule. And I mean, plant cellular structure is different. So yeah. That, yeah. there's that. Sorry. Right. I'm fine no, with that. No, I'm, I'm fine with that. And that way, that avoids the, like, I have, you know, you know, wrapped myself in vines. It does. On the other hand, if you have a really bad splinter, it, that's a good way to get, get rid out. of it. Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Very true. So, so no plants, but bacteria and viruses. And I suppose... If they're Amoebas, in parasites, yeah, I think if they're in an animal, creature, if they're if they're like part you of your, if they're part yeah. of your microbiome, then yeah. So okay. if you're sick and go through, you're still sick on the other side. But you couldn't take right. like a vial of smallpox and toss it through to, you know, do biological warfare on the other side <laughs> of the. I terrible. mean, for one thing, the vial wouldn't survive, and you have just contaminated yourself. So Possibly, yeah, so. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I like that. It's it, if it's part of you. I could see assholes doing biological warfare of just like throwing sick people through <laughs> through the gate. And, and I mean, think know. this is this is a if we're gonna say that it works, that's a. I that's think it a, works. That's a, I think it's yeah, also that's a viable. We have to take. Yeah. Well, yeah. and also I think even just not the like there are assholes who would do it, but I mean it, it's a disease vector, right? And if we're at a point where oh, yeah. people are starting to get how disease works, but not necessarily fully get how disease works. You know, I think uh, yet another thing this is going to touch is diseases are going to spread around the world very differently than they spread around the the pre-modern world. It'll look a lot more like, say, COVID-19 working its way through the world in very, like, quick popcorning ways rather than the kind of slow spread of earlier illnesses that, you know, relied on good old-fashioned take a boat to get there in order to move from one place to another. But on the flip side, then, you won't have that same, like, if it's been that way for a while, you're not going to have that same, like, Colombian exchange shock of, like, people show up and then, like, oh, 90% of the population had absolutely no immunity to this whatsoever and they are all dead now. Like, that won't happen because that sort of, like, built-up immunity to some degree exists all over and obviously obviously there's still going to be plagues and pandemics that that arise from new things popping up but you're not going to get that same sense of like yeah i think like this is totally new and our bodies had no idea and we're all dead if you had that at any point it is so far back in kind of like probably prehistory that it no you know there was that time a whole village got decimated because that sick guy came through. But it's, right. it's not, it's something that exists in legend, not something that we, we 
fear or have happen because there are like there are like diseases you know they're only in very remote pockets and if you get it you're not making it to civilization before you die (laughs) probably but if you instantly teleported to civilization then you probably just killed the whole town you would have those those like burnout plagues that somebody got through the gate with it and then everybody that they came in contact with is now dead in a day or two that 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 is a dark but viable story viable possibility within this (laughs) within this world Lovely. And on that note, so I, we know what we know what comes say, through now. It, as, feel... as, as, as non-asshole as we want this world to be, there's still going to be, be icky dark stuff. things that happen. There's still going to be, it's still going to be life. And that includes, yeah. No. Yeah. But on the bright side, we've nailed down one of our biggest questions, which what can come through the gate? We know what can come through yes. the gate. And we've started to answer the question of where did the MNG come from? Aside from Kate Elliott, where did in the world the MNG come from? And I think we're all leaning toward it is naturally occurring. It's not something that mm-hmm. humans yes. created. It's not something that humans harnessed. It just it, it exists. It's a natural magic that, yeah. Between the weird third moon, whatever that is, and the radiation in the ground and something, something half life yes. and maybe, maybe it's some interaction between, between the, the magics. And, different, yeah. And I think, I think the they magnetics do. of the Aurora Borealis. Cause that's another one of those. We're all making, we're all making gesture hands that the audience can't see. Moving together and apart but, uh, and twisting and turning. And this sort of just created holes in the world that are basically like these little shortcuts from A to B. And those, I think, I mean, maybe they, there's some ties to like rise of humanity and rise of like consciousness and intelligence on an unconscious level. But I think that they've started to exist and grew over the course of, over the course of history. So for everybody, everybody in this world, they've always been a part of the world. Now, whether yes, or not it was in the beginning is now and ever shall be, but that's a, you yeah. said something, you did just say something, you said something that I want to, I want to pick on, which is, are they static or did they grow? And are they still growing? Like, is what you have now yeah. what has always been? Or is it in a, a I, state of change? Essentially, is there a finite number or a, a mutable number? I love the idea that there is fluidity. That Me too. I was going to vote for, for mutable too. Because no, like, I think very slow. Maybe, I think so too. I think it doesn't happen often. But I like the idea that new ones can pop up. And I like the idea that one could disappear because, like, yeah. if a society has come to rely on it and built, you know, a city around it, maybe, and then it fucking stops working. Once again, this is a terrible thing to do to characters, but we love I to like make it. terrible things to characters. Like, that's a plot hook right there. Well, I'm imagining, like, the, like the archaeologists who are, like, digging into, like, like the anthropologists and archaeologists of, of, this, of this world who are like, no, we're trying to figure out why this culture uses these few things that only also exist over here there must have been a gate at some time and this is like like what debates at conferences are made of is like was this a gate or was it normal you know yeah why is there this abandoned city because the gate dried out and so everybody left the city because there's no reason to have a city here without a gate and and I, I think as as we are getting into an age of science and an age of reason there'll be people trying to predict you know, like, can we measure the... the can we math it out? The, right. Can we math out the movement of the non-moon and, and whatever else to try to predict both where the next one might 
pop up and which might be the next one to fall. Like, I think that would be something that people would be interested in. What exists that we don't have mapped? And, you know, or that, you know. Yeah. Is there one out in the middle of fucking nowhere that... <laughs> that nobody even bought? I also like the idea that, like, say, a destination could change from, you know, that, you know. That the pathways suddenly change. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Suddenly two yes. civilizations and, and that have, like, always hated each other are now suddenly yoked. Oh, no, this. it's yeah. like enemies to lovers. There's only one bed. Oh, my God, I love it. We have <laughs> <laughs> But no, I think I think that that I like that I like and I like that it is slow, and is perhaps predictable, but we don't know how yet. So how slow do we think we mean by slow? Are we thinking decades, centuries, millennia? I think largely, like as far as a lot of the major ones that everyone that are like the main thoroughfares, the main the hubs, hubs, like those have been stable for at least centuries, but like. Mm-hmm. For the most part, that tends to be the case, but there are some that are a lot more chaotic that just, you know, come in and vanish in a year or don't or who knows. Like, there's a lot of lesser ones that that are harder to predict. I would be okay if, if they were even all changing at the same rate. But because our people don't know what that rate is or how it works or how long it's been this way that like there's still a level of unpredictability even if the change is like glacial like because they don't they don't they don't know i think i really like this idea too because like it it touches on some other things we have to talk about which is like if we have hubs how do they work are all the gates one way only and and some of the other questions we have to answer it does feel to me like if we're dealing with this swirling whatever that there would be some places where that concentration would be heavier and maybe those gates both go to more places and last longer. And there will be places where that concentration is thinner. And those might be the ones that do only have, you know, like they're the spokes off the hub and they might not last as long. And it might be decades rather than centuries. I don't know. Yeah, I, I like the idea of it, of it for the most part lasting centuries because then the, the societal changes that build up around it makes sense. Yeah. Um, if you have ones that only last decades, how, you know, would, would people even have time to discover it utilize it and do anything with it before it's before it's gone also with it being most of them being centuries then you have a lot of people who just get the sense of like this is just how it always is and Mm -hmm. don't like and don't even realize the idea that you can live your whole life without even realizing the idea that a gate might collapse because it's just it's just not it's just not which means that when it does it's a real good plot hook (laughs) oh yeah Yeah, and it can but it it can also be that thing of like you know we have like a group of the travelers going like, you know, hey, we've we've run the numbers. Your gate's going to fall. And people are all like, that's fake news. That's not that what... could not happen. <laughs> that's not the uh, thing I mean, that, that happens. Or our God would never let that happen. Right. You know, that creates so many very human responses. Yes. And, you know, there's some doomsayers that are going around constantly predicting that gates are going to fall. When they don't. The gates are (laughs) going to, like, like, soon the gate will open up to the center of the earth and everything will, will will spill out onto, like, you know, sooner or later this is going to destroy us all. And maybe it does. And maybe it does. So here's kind of a less heavy question, but I think we've envisioned that these gates, by the time that we're talking about, they have been made very visible to people. There are structures built around them. They are marked in various ways. Our cultures each have their own ways of marking them. But when they're just naturally existing out in 
in nature. Are they visible in any way? Or is it like you you walk across the wrong spot in the in the earth and bloop, you're somewhere else? I'd like to think they are visible, but not like super visible. Like they sort of look like like when you're driving on a hot highway and it's like wavy in the distance. Like that's when like so it's you know what you're looking for. You can spot it. It's not like this just like bright shiny hole or something like that. It's it's not like a, a swirling like you know, this purple and gold and stuff yeah. like yeah. in the sky. Yeah. No, I like the idea that it's kind of like because it'd be it'd be vertical and it'd be you know taller than like highway mirages usually are, but that it just sort of would look like someone's blurred the landscape in this one particular area. Yeah, like I don't think you see through to the other side. I don't think that's yeah. No, I don't think it's I don't like think the that. I don't think it's like the Iconian gates in Star Trek. I don't think you see through, but I think it's like, huh, that's weird. Yeah, because and the reason I like that is because. I'm the kind of person who would walk up and poke it. And some people are not that kind of person. Some people are the kind of people who be like, uh, that looks fucking scary. I'm going to walk the other way. I lack self-preservation instincts and would touch it. Actually, I like the idea that our world was populated by people who want to poke it. That brings up a huge question. Walk up to the gate. Stick your finger in. Does your finger just feel funky? Or are you like... <laughs> Pulled in all the rest of the way. <laughs> that was an amazing sound effect. I think I like the idea that you have to you have to choose to to walk through, but I also like the idea that if you stick your finger or your hand in, like it just like it feels weird and you're like, ooh, it's like jello. Mm. Like what is this? It's like it's like I have my hand in jello. Ooh, this is fun. How far in is like is the point of no point of no return? Can you go can you go elbow deep and still be and still pull out? Or if you do that and like hold it there or, too long, have you just have you do you pull back a stump? And <laughs> <laughs> Why mean, would you pull back a stump? Why? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just it. If you like Yo. stick your arm in and keep it there too long. Okay, so this actually this is raising an interesting question about the mechanics of the gate. Like, is there like do you have to as you step through? Are you instantly to the other side, or are you going through like? magic jelly in between is it like space that you have to get through to get there and that you can't stay there or I, is, I, it is it a doorway or is it a is it a passage do you go through like you know a, a nebulous void for a minute i kind of like the idea that it is kind of like fluid and goopy i don't know like <laughs> but, like <laughs> don't like that <laughs> she's the one who Gross. said jelly well, I, I said it feels like jelly, not that it actually was like. <laughs> I was imagining a tingle. I was imagining like, <laughs> like sort of like a, a like a buzzing sense. Like I don't know. I mean, if it's radiation, then like. I could I could vibe with it being a little more Cronenberg, is what I'm saying. <laughs> maybe maybe not that you need to be hosed off on the other side, but. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 we're no, vetoing no, that. Veto, veto, veto. There okay. we do no we do need to know what does it feel like is it does it feel like liquid does it feel cool does it feel hot does it feel tingly like does it depend on the gate oh but i i do want to know if you stick your hand in like are you marshall why why do you keep coming back to saying things that are making me strive with all of my effort not to make a just the tip joke <laughs> I vanquished it a minute ago, and then you came back around to this point. I mean, 
Does just the tip count? Is that what we're really talking about here? <laughs> I, I think I think it is. I to an extent, yes. And I, I do think it is. Like, what is the point of no return? And like at what point are you just vumped all the way in, whether you necessarily chose that or not? <laughs> I'm gonna give Cass a second to breathe. <laughs> or an aneurysm is what you're gonna yeah. give me. I think I, I think I like the idea of entering the gate being consensual, so you have to step all the way in of your own yep. volition. And if you don't step all the way in, you can still like just you can just you could you can do the hokey pokey. You could do the hokey pokey all day if you wanted to, but it feels weird and it's unpleasant and why would you want mm. to? And there's that one weird guy who probably does, but that's why yeah. we had to build a room around that's, the gate. That's to stop his him thing. From that. <laughs> Well, I mean, okay, here's another question. If somebody, like, does a thing where they're just, like, standing, like, halfway in, because whatever, if they then step out, have half their clothing, like, been yes. evaporated in the process? Yes. Like, you know, what? what? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. I like that's Yes. Because <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> that's a rule of funny is what we're, yes, that's what we're invoking for that one. I can okay. even see, like... I don't know, a culture discovers their their gate and they really know what it does. Like the teenagers have already been screwing around with it. And that's a prank that they pull on people is to shove them halfway through the gate and pull them out without pants. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Well, And meanwhile, okay, so somewhere else I, in the world, yeah. people are like, why do feet keep coming through this thing? What okay, the hell? That, there, is, there is my next, like, sort of metaphysical question here. Like, if you do that, like, do you partly show up on the other side? Can you safely explore a gate by, like, going all but your arm and your buddy is holding onto your arm to, like, pull you back in so you can, like, stick your head in and look around and be pulled back? Or... Like, are you just in the interstitial space until you are completely in and then pop out the other side? Or do you truly experience the interstitial space? Or is it beyond, you know, the kind of human mind to even comprehend what they're experiencing until they go all the way in and pop out the other side? Yeah, like, is it instantaneous or do you spend a little while, like, going to hyperspeed? Which I liked, if only for the visual effects. <laughs> That you sort of ha have spent a second going zoom. Because I can totally believe the idea that people are being weird and experimental of somebody like going two thirds in and having somebody holding their hand and pulling them out to see what happens when you try and stay in the gate. And it's just nothing that their brain can process. Like, you know, like what did you see in there? I don't even like I don't even know. Like it's, you know, trying trying to spend time in there just doesn't work. Because I think time doesn't exist inside the gate. I think time doesn't Ooh. exist in the gate, so you can't spend time there. So whatever you do on the way through, it feels like you're blipping through and you feel funky. But yeah, you can't you can't spend time there. They could have be there for five minutes and then their friend pulls them out and they're like, okay, you were there for five minutes. Like, what do you mean? You pulled me out after a second. Right. I, I have no idea how long I was there. I have I have all these questions of what happened when when people poke it and then somebody is going to like keep poking it and writing things down of what happens. And so it's good to have a sense of that. But like, yeah, I think you do not end up on the other side until you have gone in completely like that. It requires it requires that full commitment. Then. So you can't just stick your like foot through. You have to actually go right. all the way. 
You can stick your foot you in, the but your it'll yes. <laughs> you can stick your right foot in, take your right foot out, right foot out, and it'll be bootless. But your right foot won't have, won't have done actually gone to Griasta. You have to put your right. whole self in <laughs> and shake it and all shake about. it all about, and then you end up <laughs> all the way through. Okay, fair. I like that. All right, so I think that one. These of are the, good answers. These are good answers we have. I think one of the big questions we have is. Essentially, how do directions and richness of gates work, or gate density? Is each gate a one-way connection, or do you have gates that go to multiple places? Or alternately, if all gates are one-way connections, do you just have some places that are really dense with gates? For one, I like the idea that a single arrival spot could be reached by multiple gates. So, like, that could be part of what we mean when we say hub, is that, you know, the same spot in Griasa or wherever that, you know, they have as their, you know, reception center for, for and like, there's seven different gates from different parts of the world that take you there. That does also bring up the question is, are, are arrival spots and gates the same thing? Mm, okay. Yeah, see, like, this This is a question I have, too, because there is part of me that really likes the idea that, like, a single, a single gate, a single void hole thing could go to multiple different areas, and you had to do something to select or direct your destination, but I'm also, I'm not, I'm not sure that fits with some other things we've now decided about the nature of the yeah. gates. And it- so maybe a place that's a hub is a place that has, like, a bunch of different gates all like very very close together like not even within the same city like all like on the same hilltop or something see i I like i like that i like the idea of each gate being a partnership relationship that the gate works one way to the other and i actually really like the idea that humans can't do anything to change that yeah yeah. like i just kind of i don't know why i like that but i like the idea that and there's probably people trying right like i i love the idea of there being scientists who are trying and they're never gonna get it. Yeah, I like it. It's, it's like it's like alchemy for our world. It's, that's the thing they're trying to crack, and they yes. just never. We're will. we're totally gonna turn yep. this lead into gold. It's totally gonna it's work. Gonna and, happen, oh. right? With, with the right potion or the right spell or the right alignment of the stars, we can open a new gate. And then they just don't. Poor bastards. But yeah, I, I, and I like the idea though of there being some places that just have more gates in them, or at least in yeah. Whether it's in the same hillside or it's the same general region or it's like along the same river for a hundred miles, even like there's just a lot of you know options for places to go and a lot of different people coming to those places. Mostly because that's like putting a bunch of people in a jar and then like shaking it and seeing what happens. Are are we agreed that every gate is a a one way path A to B? And not and, and does and not B to A back not, again. No, and does not go B to A back again. I'd, I'd oh, see, I was thinking it was B to oh, A I back again. Because yeah, I think because if you okay. can't go home, that's that's again. That's the ch- that's part of the challenge. I think. See, I see, I see that as a valid choice, but I'm not sure it's one that I like for our world because our world is so interconnected. Now, in and, and some of the about, like, some of the bigger hub cities, I would say then. You know, you have a gate from A to B, and if you go, like, quick stroll to where the B to A gate is, 
I, I like that a little better because then, then I think there's more interesting. I think there's more interesting things okay, with like here's, the path. I think that's going to gonna make us have to do more math. It's true, and <laughs> and I vote against more math. And and honestly, like part of part of my thing is always like part of of the the like the angst of a portal story is the whole if you go through maybe you can't get back again, and I like the idea of eliminating that in our stories. That is not. That's not the problem. The problem is not, okay. oh my God, I might go through this thing and not get back again. The problem is something else entirely. And I, I kind of like also the idea that the, like this is just, I'm, I don't know, maybe I'm feeling really sentimental for some reason, but that the first like idiot who fell through a gate, like they would have been lost forever if it didn't go back, right? It would have been like, what happened to Steven? Steven went through the blurry thing. And he never came back, and it's very sad. But we, if it's if it's always you know you can have a reverse trip, St- Stephen can come home. Can I offer this compromise? You can try. Many gates, many gates are two ways, but some are one way. And that could be part. I would be okay with that being part of the, the the shifting the, and and yeah. changing of the magic. That it is always possible. That a gate could shift to two way, or and that, that a gate, gate can shift, shift to two way, way, or that a gate could shift away from two way. So, because it's unlikely, partly I like the idea. But it's there. I mean, at any trip, you might not be able to come home, like flying United. But like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I like the idea. I mean, I do like the idea of like cities A and B are like sister cities that you know people just pop back and forth all the time. Almost, I mean, but then I like so like the idea of like. If you go to A to B, then to get back to A, you have to go from A to B to C to D to E to D to G to get back to A. I, I like the idea that there's there has to also be complicated routes for some things. So that way, if some gates, some of like the big gates, the big the big travid, traveled gates that are like your JFK to LAX kind of gates, those are those are ones that are you know that go both ways, but other ones are are one way trips and. I- I think I can see that sometimes. I don't think I would want a lot of them to be like that because I think that I think that does break some of the things that we've sort of just decided about this world. And I think it makes for an occasional interesting story, but a tedious, regular feature of a story. Yeah, I think I, much I, the same as trying to, you know, plot a, a cross-country flight is tedious. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do that to readers. Like, don't or, make them figure out the Southwest Hubs. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but no, I, I think I I like the the idea of A to B, B to A, sister city partnership being the standard, but there are a as yet undetermined percentage that that are one ways, and then when we actually make our map, which we're gonna have to put a pin in doing that, yeah. Our, our cult of navigators are like they're like they're the ones going like no nah, to see the cool shit you got you got to do the weird gates yeah but like yeah, yeah. then you take a boat from this island to that island and it gets you to a yeah. different gate right and then yeah what okay so then the question is if you try to go the wrong way through one of those gates what happens do you just like bounce off or does that take you does that take you to C or instead of back to a i think i think i like the idea of you just you just bounce and it's and it's maybe a sign of a gate that is just coming into existence or a gate mm. that is fading from existence when you Ooh. stop being able to go both both ways. ways interesting yeah i do like the idea that there are some gates that are just arrival spots so therefore again like people are like what happens when i go there nothing <laughs> <laughs> you, you hit the wall you know 
But you, and you'd have, I think you'd have di- different cultural things growing up around those gates too, because they would need, yeah. you know, if people are coming through it all the time, it's like, well, crap, we got to get these people out of here. Like, all right, time to put a caravan together, time to have boats, time to have, you know, whatever is going to get people back away from wherever this place is. <laughs> you'd need infrastructure. Well, the other thing is, like, we, we're talking about, like, some of the infrastructure especially that some of the places have of, like, how you deal with arrivals. Like, is it you've built a whole building around the gate? And do you have, like, your departure section of the building on one side and the arrival section of the building on the other side or something like that so that, you know, like, how how do they how do they work that? And how do you learn that's the, what side's the arrival side and what side's the departure side? And This also brings up another question that I think we've touched on before but never made a firm determination about. And this is something else that might be different from gate to gate. But how often can the gates be used? Because we've talked about, like, no, you can't, like, send an entire flock of sheep through one at a time. I feel like at some point we toss that idea around that that would, you know, overload the gate or something. It would stop working for a while. But do we want to keep that idea? Hmm. I do. But but how, yeah, how do we define it? How do we, how do we put, I, I don't know necessarily around it? how to put the math on it so much. But, like, I get the feeling, like, if one person goes through, then the gate, like, it needs to rest for like a minute. But if two people go through together, the gate needs to rest for like 10 minutes before anything else can go through. And the physical size of the gate would determine how many people could possibly go through, like, you know, holding hands or whatever. (laughs) Right. And so I imagine like at some point somebody tried to send the, a whole army through at once or just like 30 people at once. And like that gate's still recovering. Again, they probably poked with it and and broke it. Like, good. I'm just picturing this chain of soldiers with, like, linked arms, like, trying to mosey their way through the gate. And then they all got slaughtered on the other side anyway, because there were 30 naked guys. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I, I think that's how I visualize the mechanism of it, that the more that goes through at any one time it's exponentially or logarithmically longer yeah. that the gate needs to recover i like that especially because different cultures are going to handle that in different ways and some are still going to be pretty loosey-goosey about it whereas some are going to be like no you need a permit to go through the gate you need to schedule you know we have this many slots today and yeah. oh you have an emergency well i'm sorry we're all full up unless you can convince somebody to switch with you like yeah th- this is what the, the fjall and are doing yeah i don't <laughs> That's clearly what the Fjallaneri are doing. I, I think it's a, it's also a situation where, like, if 30 people want to go through, you're going to get 30 people through faster by doing, like, one every five minutes than trying to do, like, five at once or, or something like that. Like, it, it is a system that has taught people at least a bit of patience with that in that, like, we all know if you try and rush it and sho- shove everyone through at once that it's not going to work. Although if you're I in a situation it, where you're like getting murdered or whatever, and the army is coming after us and we have to escape. So we're going to, we're going to link hands and all seven jump through at once. And good. It burns out the path behind us. Cause then they can't chase us or, or something like that. That's a good plot hook too. I like that. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say too, it, um, like if, if you have this kind of limitation on magic, you also open up to, as Cass said, how do cultures deal with it, but also how accessible does it remain to everyone? Because some cultures will probably say that means that unless you are of this status, you're not using the gate. Or unless you are, you know, 
you have XYZ reasons are the only reasons that we use our gate because we always need it to be powered up just in case we need it for these reasons. And I think that that can make for some interesting tension within the world. That if you have, you know, especially like a rising middle class and the aristocracy are the only ones who are allowed to use the gate because we can't burn out the gate on your petty needs. But they're like, well, actually, our needs are kind of more important than yours now. So screw you. You can have some some fun tension there. Does the the Travelers Guild or whatever or cult or whatever we call them, do they are in a lot of places the gates basically like their monastery and that's how they control it i mean i can see that being a thing that exists in a lot of places regardless of culture that that this that this order is is the one controlling travel in and out and then i think in some places it's probably true mm-hmm. i think in some other places maybe it's just that they automatically always get to essentially cut to the front of the line like right. one of them comes through they get they get your slot. Sorry, you got bumped. Sorry, they, they, sorry, they have the easy pass. You know, at the at the kind of technological and and sociological age that our world is, that there are some places that might not be respecting the order of travelers as much as they right. perhaps did at an earlier time. And like, yes, that's very nice that you keep to the old ways, but we don't we don't really care. <laughs> but like, look, we've got a spreadsheet. We've got a plan. <laughs> You still You're go to the back of the line. <laughs> so I just did the math. And if it's every five minutes, then that's 288 possible departures per day. If we assume one person every five minutes. Does that seem right? Does that seem like too many? Too few? Once every five minutes? I think that seems it's reasonable. Okay. Yeah. If it's once every 10, it's 144. Do we have any numbers that are particularly important in our world? Do we have any, like, well, that's, base number that's... Cass, you're presuming a 24-hour day. Oh, you're right, I am. I, you know, I, th- right. I, think, I think that we actually did choose a 24-hour day. I think we did that just... To, I think we did, too. I think just to, to, like, to save, save ourselves. <laughs> that way we don't do that kind of math. But, like... We were like, no. Yeah. That's math. But, like, but that's valid. Do. That's valid, Marshall. You got me. You got me. But different gates might have different refraction refractionary periods of like how quickly you can they refresh that you can send another person through or such i mean and if, especially if gates wax and wane that could be another thing that's a sign that a gates on its way out is you know the, the period we we tried sending longer. someone through after five minutes and it took and eight he minutes bounced right off till we could yeah. through so i really do like the idea that if you can't get through you just Boing. bounce right off because <laughs> yeah. exactly because i hear Boing. that in my head and that's again the rule of comedy i think yeah it's yes just funny and i'm for that <laughs> It's like hitting a rubber sheet. Just it's like, oh, nope, gotta wait, I guess. So the the places we're calling hubs are places that there's just multiple gates that are yes. relatively close. Relatively close. Yeah. Like maybe not like right on top of each other, but like walk-in distance maybe. And though I can imagine like if you have like five gates in like the same meadow, somebody's building a Stonehenge or something right there because it's just like. Yeah, like, yeah. that's what I'm this, picturing too. <laughs> this place is special. And then, and then building a city around it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And again, I think when we actually get to the point of like making our map and hashing all this out, but yeah, I'm envisioning that you have like, like some tight hubs and you have some places where it's like, it's less than a day's walk. So it's still yeah. very reasonable to assume that I can go A to B, walk, 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 C to D and, and do that. Yeah. Which kind of raises my question of, do we envision this world being a place where you can get just about anywhere using the gates? 
Or are some systems fairly closed where, like, you can, you know, between A to F, you can bounce around in that circle, but you aren't getting outside of that? And or are there some places that are not serviceable by gates at all or only have a single partnership that is is isolated and it's just them and there's nothing else that you can get to without, like, we'll say, you know, travel of, of days or weeks or more? I mean, like, I could easily picture there's, like, you know, a town that has, like, a gate and that gate only gets you to a Decatur and then from Decatur there's, like, three gates and that gets you that gets you to to maybe Boise and then from Boise there's like six gates and that, like to get from your small town to your metropolis like takes a few trips because that's why it's a small town because it's only right. got the one gate that goes back and forth to another place that's not that much bigger yeah i feel like there are probably there are probably some loops and some chains yeah I think a lot of those chains are probably off of those loops, but I think there actually probably would be some like really closed ones where it is just like, you know, these two islands somewhere that can get to each other and they can't get anywhere else without using some other form of transportation. That just seems like it would be the way that like the, the hand thingy, the, the gesture, we're going to come up with a name for that. The, the radioactive magnetic interference, but whatever it is. The way that works seems like it would occasionally pop up oddities unconnected to the rest. And I kind of yeah. like the idea from like a, a storytelling tension perspective that some places are very well connected and some places are much more isolated. Yeah. And especially because this is going to relate to, you know, how how politics works and how economics works, that you'll have some places that are less advantaged in those ways. And then like, how do they... How do they cope? How do they they kind of level their playing field to some degree? Well, and it's funny because I feel like the civilizations that all three of us have been building are very cosmopolitan and probably do have hubs, probably are on well-connected loops. If they can't directly get to each other, they're probably pretty, you know, there's not much of a hop to get from, from one to the other. But going back and thinking about like the steppe peoples that Alex contributed early on, they seem like they may only have like one gate in their entire region and that's why they have this caravan culture and why they have the the wandering thing because they have to go back and forth from where their one gate is and this may push us as we fill out our map which we're gonna have to come up with a legend we're gonna have to come up with all kinds of stuff y'all to indicate what kinds of gates are where and i'm excited for it but this may also push us to start fleshing out some of those other areas and deciding on some other less cosmopolitan areas because i think we all picked cosmopolitan areas because we all like designing cities <laughs> i think we're all though in that way you made me think especially with the the section that that ox came up with with their their caravan culture are there cultures that do not like or trust the gates oh i think absolutely, absolutely. Like, especially if they had one fizzle yeah. out on them in yeah. memorable past i mean there's probably some where it's like a big thing is being nomadic and taking your stuff places that's my stuff i'm not gonna yeah i'm not gonna go anywhere without it so no thank you but no hard pass i'll, I'll take the long ride <laughs> yeah i think some would find it impractical i think some would find it irreligious maybe i think there could be all kinds of reasons why some societies might might shun their gates and God, it'd be really funny if one that hated the gate, like, built a room around it 
with no doors. <laughs> just a like, sign you in many languages. Just, Thank you. Go back. <laughs> Thank you, but no. Or there's that one door, like in, um, like in the Vatican, in, um, <laughs> in, in Saint Peter's, that it's like that they only open it, and it's like this like stone sealed thing, and they only open it like for the jubilee or whatever. And so it's like we open the door once every fifty years, and we see if the gate is still there. It's still there. Close the door. Close, close it. Up. Close the door. Close it. Close it. So I- I do like at least some culture having a variant of that where there's there is like a rope with a bell of like if you really are having an emergency, <laughs> pull the bell. Or we will help, but you better really be <laughs> you better really mean it. Oh, we could also pull in a standard fantasy trope and have a place where the only way to get past that door is by answering a riddle. We could. Just, I can easily see there just being some guy who's just like, yeah, I came up with my riddle, and I, I got the key to the door. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't have any weapons, so... <laughs> oh, God, or, like, it's a password, and it's been passed down generation to generation, but unfortunately, it's also played telephone along that time. So if you get there, it's like, well, you have to have the password. And they're like, onion field. Like that, that's, no, that's not, no. But my grandfather told my father who told me. Oh, dear. We'll go back and see if you can figure it out. That's the thing I totally believe is that the idea that the travelers have created spaces that look like they're those sorts of inhospitable but like there actually is the password to get to the good stuff and but everyone else they're like oh this is this is one of those places that yeah, you just, just turn around and go home i can totally see that well i think that we have nailed down we actually did we answered like most of our outstanding questions and i think at this point any outstanding questions that still remain i'm sure there are ones we haven't thought of but the major ones are going to have to be answered by actually creating a map which yeah Yay! I think we'll have to have to be in the same place to do that. So I think, Marshall, this means you have to print something out and bring it to us at uh, Worldcon. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. I'll bring markers. I'll bring the markers. Yay! Bring multiple copies. We might, yeah. we might need to scribble. We might. Yeah. I can do that. I can definitely do that. And then <laughs> we can all sit down and really play. And maybe if some poor fool comes along and sees us playing that they want to play too. And Yes. If you find yes. us at Worldcon... If you find us at Worldcon while we're working on the map, you get to name a country. <laughs> yes, hunt. I love yes. it. Oh my god, I love it. I mean, and certainly, as as we've said before, and we're gonna we're gonna say it again to remind ourselves and to remind you, listeners, of that we do intend to start the process of putting together a anthology of tales of the magical nude gate you know whatever whatever this is going to look like and we so we are going to want people to come and play and how we're going to how we're going to do that is is still exactly up in the air but we're we're very excited of how oh how God. we're going to do it and who's going to join us we can make us. mng challenge coins <laughs> see we have we we that have be part of the kickstarter that, that could be, be part of the kickstarter yes so we're very excited. This is very exciting. And I, and <laughs> we get to play and y'all get to play with us. Yay. 
Hi you! Thanks for listening to this episode of World Building for Masochists and letting us help you overcomplicate your writing life. Our next episode goes up on September 14th, where we'll be joined by Sarah Mueller to talk about falling back in love with world building. Also, all three of your hosts will be appearing at Worldcon in Chicago September 1st through 5th. We'll be on a number of items there, including recording a live episode and keeping our fingers crossed for the Hugo Awards. If you're attending, please come and say hello. If you want to know more about your hosts and the fantastical books we write, links to all of that information is on our website at worldbuildingformasochist.podbeam.com. We really hope you liked this episode. If you did, please do take a minute to tell a friend, shout about us on the internet, or leave a review on iTunes. If you've got questions or just want to tell us how cute we are, there's a number of ways to contact us. We're on Twitter as at WorldBuildCast, and our email is worldbuildcast at gmail.com. We also have a Discord chat room linked in the About the Show page of our website. You want to come chat with us and other fans of the podcast. We'd love for you to share the worlds you're making and help us all build until it hurts. <laughs>